welcome to Arrow Devastation, a weekly Magic the Cavern podcast where we talk all things Magic the Cavern. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? I'm doing pretty good. Cool, good. I've played a lot of Magic and stuff. Awesome, yeah, me too. And there's lots of exciting Magic stuff to talk about. Yeah, um, we have loads to talk about this week. Which is... Uh... Which is always good. I'm yeah, very excited. Totally. How's your week been? Yeah, it's been fairly good. Uh, played a decent amount of magic, I think. Uh, and did... the vintage cube. Oh, yeah, like back to back vintage cubes. Like I've yet to three nil in this iteration of the vintage cube, but mm. every every other game I've played, played I've gone two one. Uh, I seem to be like favouring like blue black shenanigans with a little bit of reanimator in there. Like oh, I, right, I think like cube. I usually do. Because I feel like there hasn't really been like like a mono red deck that's been as strong as it has been in previous iterations, and I feel like even the, even the green decks I haven't really seen like a, a good enough green deck come together. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I I tend to drift towards blue as a base color anyway because I think it's I mean it is just technically the most powerful color in the vintage cube. I mean, it's, yeah, it's the best color in the cube. Yeah, absolutely. Far and away. And then I'm just just usually impressed with like any of the black reanimator spells. Like there've multiple games where I've just gone like uh, turn one reanimate Iona, and then my opponent scoops like I mean that's it's a pretty good play yeah absolutely pretty good time one but then even just like playing just a bit more of like a, a fair deck and then I don't know casting like a scarab god on like turn four or something is like usually decent enough sweet yeah I've not actually drafted the cube yet I think that is my plan for when we finish recording yeah do it it's up for the next couple, know, couple so. of weeks so yeah. plenty of time to do that I was going to do it over the weekend but I just didn't have time yeah um, so I'm going to do that when we finish awesome I'm going to 3-0 straight away <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, man. Yeah, other than that, I've been doing some more Dominaria Sealed. So we've got store championships coming up next weekend. And the store where I'm going to play it at is Sealed. Uh, that's the format they're doing for it. So I've been trying to get in some practice for that. How's it been going? I, great. Like, again, like, I still just can't quite like 3-0 yeah uh, like it came so close so I did did want to end up doing one last night um, came so close to doing it 2-0 mm-hmm. my first game 2-0 my second game and then like lost 1-2 uh, in the last round uh, it was just like my opponent just had like Multani and Helm of the Host uh, that's pretty it's, good like <laughs> how, how, do, how do you beat that like <laughs> You literally can't be. Well, I mean, you, you literally can, but I mean, you can, yeah, sure. But yeah, like my rares were like Sulphur Falls, is it Woodland Cemetery, the Black Greenland. Oh God. Yeah, that. Um, and yeah, it's just like nothing really that I want to play. But imagine <clears> but like a uh, like a decent-ish like just Jeskai deck together. Like I had a Gilded Lotus that helped. I had Mox Amber that was one of my, my rares as well. Woo-hoo. Uh, but. <laughs> It was fine. It was fine. But um, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to that. Like, I, I love still love the format. Looking forward to playing it in paper next weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I'm I'm gonna be really sad when this uh, when we stop playing this format. Yeah, same. It's been so much fun. I'm just trying to jam it whenever I can. And then yeah, last lastly, I've been played. I went to F and M this week, and it was modern. You went to F and M. I did. Went to F and M and played modern and everything. It was it was great. Did you do really well? Uh no, I didn't. <laughs> did. <laughs> Fairly horrendously. So obviously I'm playing Lantern Control, which like, you know, the past couple of months it's been it's been really sort of up and down, like when Jun sort of got you know a lot more popular, like a couple yeah. of months ago, it was like, well, may as well just like never touch Lantern, like as long as Jun's as popular. And then yeah. obviously the past past month and a bit say it's it's starting to drop off the radar a little bit when you see like humans doing well and like Jess guys making a bit of a big resurgence so yeah. it was like well I'll just play I'll play Lantern I'll go to f and I haven't played Modern for a while I'm looking forward to this uh, so round one I uh, played against Jund uh, yep. lost 2-0 sweet uh, round two I uh, played against Jund uh, <laughs> lost 2-0 <two> <laughs> oh man yeah uh, round three I uh, played against uh, it was kind of like a like a blue-red 
like budgets, like aggro deck really, um, using like Storm Chaser Mage and like Monastery Swift Spear and stuff, and just burn spells. Like a blue red prowess deck. Sweet. Just so like you were in the uh, like sweet budget brews bracket. Yeah, I was absolutely, which um, wasn't very good for my opponent. <laughs> I can imagine. I was just going like, oh, uh, turn three in a snare and bridge, go and. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> yeah, both games, that was that. Uh, and then, yeah, the last round I played against uh, Black White. I don't know, just like Black White, sweet Black White value deck. Uh, they were playing like Gideons and they were playing like just, yeah, controlly spells and stuff. And ended up doing that thing where my opponent has no cards left in the library. They've got a Gideon of the Trials on the field. Yeah. And like, yeah, obviously they can't lose the game because they've got the Gideon emblem. Mm-hmm. I can't, I don't have anything to get rid of the Gideon. Yep. So at that point, call a judge over a scummy thing, call a judge over, explain the situation to my opponent in front of the judge, and then ask them if they'd like to draw. Obviously my opponent says yes, so we go to game three. Uh-huh. Which, obviously in that instance, if my opponent said no, then I would have lost the game. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, game three, we just went a time. Well, that sounds like a fun FNM experience for you. Yeah, I mean, it it, it was pretty fun for me. Mm-hmm. But, it, yeah, it wasn't... wasn't really successful tournament and uh, I'm probably just going to sleep with Tron next time I play Modern <laughs> join the scumbags yeah so how about you how's your, your week in Magic gone uh, pretty good I've uh, I played some Cube cool on Wednesday did a paper pauper Cube draft yeah it's pretty dope drafted the most ridiculous blue white deck I've ever seen oh cool um, managed to draft an infinite combo Nice. So Paragon Drake. Yeah, Monopoly And Ghostly Flicker. Okay, cool. Means you get infinite mana. Yeah. Um, and then if you have anything with an ETB creature, an ETB trigger, uh, you get infinite whatever that does. Yeah. yeah. So I added Thraven Inspector, which means I can make infinite clues to draw my entire deck. Yeah, that seems pretty good. And then I have like Seller of Songbirds, so I can make infinite creatures. Nice. Um, what else did I have? I had uh, cards that gain life, so I, I, won, I won my last round by just gaining infinite life. Cool. That's pretty sweet. And then we did another draft, because drafting is fun. <laughs> and I drafted Monogreen Ramp, and it was completely awful. Oh, no. I, I got a Monogreen Ramp deck, and my first... My, my pack on pick one was Blightning. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> how much of a train wreck that draft What happened there, up. yeah. <laughs> I was like, this card's sweet. And then just, like, a few dribs and drabs of, like, ramp cards kept coming through. And I was like, oh, sweet, maybe I can pick this up. And then, like, I was like, oh, maybe green-red aggro. Oh, maybe red-white aggro. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> or Cultivate. Let's play that. Just, <laughs> like, playing... Burning Tree Emissary for like to get mana it was just real awful oh, no. but I managed to throw with the sweet like blue white deck so awesome. I'm happy cool good and then FNM I went 3-1 hey so I played Amulet Titan yes nice it was dope uh, round one I got paired against Ponza nice it was truly horrendous <laughs> <laughs> Game one, I won because I made a ballista. Hey. Then kept making it bigger, and my opponent stumbled on lands. And, um, <laughs> they were on ten, and I said, attack you for five? <laughs> and I said, yes. And then I said, remove this counter? <laughs> um, so they lost to a ballista, and then they uh, resolved Blood Moon in ah. the uh, next games, and I couldn't do anything. Uh-oh. Then I played against other decks and won. It was really sweet. Cool. <laughs> that deck's really fun. I don't know how I haven't been playing it for, like since I've been playing Modern. Yeah, it, it is a really good deck. It seems like fairly well positioned in the format currently as well. Yeah, like as long as you can sort of dodge field of Index, yeah. it's just a combo that you can just explosively win with. Um, yeah. It's pretty soft to Jess guy. Yeah, true. With their path to exiles and stuff. But it's, I mean, it's really fun and I've been really enjoying it and like it's the kind of deck that really rewards like going deep on understanding it. Yeah. Because um, I misplayed horrendously like a lot of the time and could have just won on the spot but didn't because I don't know how to play the deck 
<laughs> like correctly at this point, but it was really good fun. Nice, cool. Yeah, um, and then you know I've been just looking at all this ridiculous magic news, which I imagine we'll we'll get onto a bit later. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's been uh, been a sweet week for magic. Yeah, absolutely. Like between like GP Vegas and more like uh, M nineteen spoilers, I think we've been pretty spoiled for this past week, really. Yeah, absolutely. Like every every day, I've looked at my phone and just been something sweet magic related to talk about. Yeah. Um, but I think before that. Should we do a pack one, pick one? Let's do it. Let's do a cracker pack. Well, this week, I, we're going to change things up. Yeah. And if people think it's terrible, then that's fine. Let us know. But I'm going to do... We've got two. So I'm going to do a pack one, pick one from uh, my friend Tom's Pulp Cube, which we drafted on Wednesday, because uh, I've been hyped by Cube. And then one of my prize packs from FNM, I opened and realised it was ridiculous. Cool. For Limited. So I'm going to talk through that pack as well. Awesome. Let's do it. Sweet. So... Cube. Let's see how this goes. Yes. So we have Treasure Cruise. Yep. It's a good card. It's a very good card. I'd play that card. I yeah, like Treasure Cruise is a, a fairly I'd say a fairly high pick for me in Vintage Cube. I'm unsure mm. about Pauper Cube. Yeah, you can't really power it out the same way you can. It normally ends up costing about four mana. Yeah, totally. It's just because you have fetch lands and stuff to power it out. Yeah, so like if you don't have fetch lands and you have like you know cheap cantrips and like you know, good counter spells and stuff, then mm-hmm. it might be a little bit harder to get it out early. It's still a passable card. Yeah, sure. And then we have we have Halamar Depths. Okay. That is not a card. No, it's not one I would first pick at least. Uh, no, I've been, I've been, I had a conversation with Tom about this after we drafted it, and I think the this cycle of cards, like the the um, like the common ETB cards from yeah. Worldwake, yeah, um, like the colour lands that enter and do something, aren't that great. But you don't really do much, yeah. And they've been fairly underwhelming, uh, so I'm not going to take that. Next we have Days. I like Days. Days is a sweet card. Yeah, again, I would feel a little weird sort of first picking that card, but I do definitely like it a lot. Yeah, I think it's the kind of card you want to pick up later once you've like established yourself in a tempo deck. Yeah, definitely. And we have a very strong card, Ninja of Deep Powers. Oh, I like Ninja. Yeah, it's a sweet card. I played it on Wednesday. It's really, really good. Yeah, um, I'd say... Just draw a card. Ninja's probably my, my, my pick so far. Yeah, I mean, like I can't remember the last time I uh, resolved a ninja when my opponent didn't just go, oh... <laughs> No blocks. Ninja. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Ninja over Treasure Cruiser at this point, I think. Yeah, same. Uh, next we have Disfigure. Oh, I do like Disfigure as well. It's probably... I mean, it's one of the best removal spells you're going to get for a single mana. Yeah. In this cube, I think. Yeah, like, how many... I mean, roughly, like, what percentage of threats is that going to kill in the, in this cube? That's true. I mean, it kills Ninja of Deep Powers. Yeah, true. Um, uh, could kill, like, an unflipped Delver. Like, yeah. sure, there's plenty of uh, credible threats yeah, to like, get rid of. Ramp- Creatures, like yeah. kills value creatures generally. Um, like most of the stuff you're playing, like because they're commons of low combat mana cost, they tend to have two toughness or less. Yeah. Um, but I think the ninja's still probably better at this point. Yeah, sure. Uh, we have Volshock Morningstar. This is not the pick. No, I would agree there definitely. Two mana equipment with equip two. Equip creature gets plus two plus two. Yeah, it's it doesn't seem good. Fine, I'll pick it up, but I'm not taking it now. Yeah. Uh, and then we have we have two very very similar cards next to each other. We have Preordain and yeah. Ponder. Ah. Which one's better? Uh, I. Straight up, just think that Ponder is better. Sure, okay. Yeah, like I think Preordain's a very good card. Mm-hmm. I mean, so they're both one blue. Uh, Preordain is Scry two, then draw a card. Mm-hmm. Ponder, you look at the top three cards of your library, put them back in any order. Uh, you may shuffle your library and then draw a card. Mm-hmm. I think Ponder is just just better, just based on the fact that for for the one blue mana, at the most, you're going to be able to get to see four cards. Yeah. Preordain, you're going to get to see three cards. Yeah, you get more looks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Ponder, Ponder looking at three cards, like, if you choose to look at three cards, you get the best one. Yeah. Or Preordain, if you choose to look at three cards, you could get the worst one. 
Yeah, absolutely. So okay, I think I'm still taking the ninja though. Yeah, definitely. Like I do like those those two cards a lot, um, mm. but definitely the ninja. I think at this point. Yeah, I'd rather be taking action early, and these cards are just fine to pick up later. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we have ooh, we have another blue card, Spike Tail Drakeling. Ah. Do you know what this does? Uh, that is a uh, three mana two two flyer. Uh, yes. Sacrifice it to counter target spell unless its controller plays two or something. Are you looking at it? No. How the hell do you know what this card does? I, it's a time spiral creature, isn't it? Yeah, it no, is. It's in a cube I've played recently. Okay, sure. I can't remember whether it was Uncommon Cube or like maybe it is in Vintage Cube. It's I mean, a card I've definitely really played with recently, yes. I like Spectral Draken a lot. Sure. Um, like that might actually be my pick here. Really? Yeah. I think it's like... I, I need 3-mana 2-2 two, two flyer. Is like It's probably going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And then you, yeah, like sacrifice it to counter a spell seems pretty good. It's an onboard, not trick, but then it's an onboard counter spell. Yeah, I like the card a lot. Yeah, sure, okay. Mini art's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's just like a, it's like a blue dragon, isn't it? Yeah, looks really angry. Yeah. So you're taking the Drakeling, okay? Uh, Probably, I think. I don't know. I think it's definitely between that and the ninja. I think the evasion probably just wins it for me. Sure, okay, yeah. It's just like a two-two fire is just fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, The next pick just blows that out of the water. I think. (laughs) What we got next? Simic Signet. Yeah, that's that's the pick. Definitely. Yeah, the Signets are just nuts. Yeah. Like, so if you consider like a normal cube, like a vintage cube to be powered, but it's got power in it, and I think the Signets make a pauper cube power because they're just nuts. Yeah, I would agree. Like, I think in in any cube, really, like if you have Signets in the cube and you get a chance to pack one, pick one a Signet, like. Uh-huh. There aren't really that many cards that would be better. That would be a better pick, to be honest. Yeah, it's just it's just good in like all the strategies as well. Like. Yeah. Um, and you don't then it have to be on color so like you can take a simic signet and just be in green or just be in blue or like they sort of just find like you know there are artifact decks that just want the ramp like yeah absolutely sometimes you just want an extra man the next turn like it being colorless is fine with, with this being a pulpit cube obviously there isn't going to be like you know metal worker or like tinker or anything silly like that but mm. even without those like they they are just fairly powerful cards alone yeah absolutely so that's the pick so far and I, i'd be surprised if we find anything better but we'll, we'll carry on yeah. So next we've got Kafari Bomber. Black red for a 2-2 flyer. Yes. Bird Shaman. Uh, when it does combat damage to a player, put two 1-1 red goblin creature tokens onto the battlefield and sacrifice the bomber. Yeah. And it has unearth for 3 black red, which means you can uh, unearth it from your graveyard and it gets haste and then exile it. I don't hate that card. It's pretty good, but yeah. I, don't, I don't think I want to lock myself into black red aggro this early. Yeah, I, w- I would agree, definitely. I think, like, as long as there's a signet in the pack, like, the signet is probably going to be my pick. Yeah, like, I, I, I think we're going to be hard pressed to beat it. Yeah. Ooh, especially with the next card, which is Selesnia Guildgate. No. <laughs> no. Again, like, you know, dual lands, obviously, depending on the cube, like, but dual lands are usually, I feel like it's usually right to sort of take them once you're committed to, like, at least one of the colours. Yeah, I think it's different in, like, Vintage Cube, where, like, yeah. I take uh, blue fetch lands or blue dual lands, like, pretty high. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I wouldn't feel bad about, like, pack one picking a Scalding Tarn, yeah. you know, if there was nothing else nuts in the pack. Yeah. Um, but like here, like fixing fixing in Pauper Cube is generally quite poor because just the nature of the nature of the format. Yeah. Um, and I I've played decks where you just don't have any fixing. Yeah. Um, it's the kind of things where like they're the last couple of picks and you just randomly pick up. Like, You're just gonna pick them up, yeah. Like you'll pick up a, a good one that's in your color. Yeah. Um, just make it difficult though, because like it t- means means that like the more colors your deck has, 
the slower they get. Yeah. Because you're for splashing, you're playing top lands. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this isn't the pick. No, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, definitely not. <laughs> uh, next, we have Palace Sentinels, which I quite like, like quite a lot. Yeah, I do like that card a lot. It's like fairly decent in Popper. Yeah, three and a white for a two four. Um, and when it's battlefield, you become the monarch. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Like it just, I mean, two fours is a reasonable body to be blocking. Um, being the monarch means that when you get attacked, um, if they deal damage, they become a monarch. Yeah. So like having a two four that like makes you the monarch and then can like defend the monarchy well is pretty sweet. Yeah. And like it fits well into like a, a blue white blink strategy. Yeah, totally. Because yeah, you can just keep blinking it and keep, keep becoming the monarch. It's still not better than the signet. It's definitely not better than the signet, but it is definitely it's decent. Like that whole monarch mechanic is just very good. Like yeah, monarch's just sweet. Yeah. So if, you, if you're the monarch, at the beginning of your end step, you draw a card, uh, which like card advantage in any format is great. And the fact yeah, that just, it uh, just happens when you play that card is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have to jump through any hoops to do it. Yeah, essentially it's four mana, get a 2-4 that draws you a card. It's pretty neat, and our last two cards are pretty... pretty no, they're not, they're not better than the singles. We've got Unsummon, okay. which is fine, but not a first pick. Yeah, I agree. Sunlance, which Sunlance. is fine. Like, it's a decent piece of removal. Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, three damage, it's going to kill you know a fair amount of creatures in, in that format. Mm-hmm. But you just you just can't beat the signet. Yeah, you can't beat the signet. Cool, so nice I'm, and easy I'm then. Signet, then ninja, then probably ponder. Yeah, I think I'm probably signet, then Drake, and then and then probably ninja. Sure. Okay. Well, that was that was something different. Yeah, totally. And just doing the current set. If people hated it, please let us know. Yeah, please do. Please. Get in touch usual okay. channels and uh, let us know. Like maybe we'll do one for Vintage Cube next week. Ooh, that'd be sweet. That'll be a bit sweet. I think we'll get a nice powerful pack and debate that. <laughs> Just oh, it's the Black Lotus. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Right, and then I did quickly want to go through this this pack of Dominaria that I opened. Yeah, let's go for it. I want to hear about so, this this interesting pack. I'm gonna go through it quite quickly because like it get it's quite clear like when it gets good. Sure. We're going through this pack, and I was like, "What's my rare?" Oh, okay. I'm like, what's the pick? You know, you, whenever you pack, like, you should just, just, you know, just keep your your eye in on draft. Just like, oh, what's the pick out of this pack? Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's that. And I looked through the rest of the cards. I'm like, hmm, okay. So we have radiating lighting. Radiating lightning. That's not the pick. <laughs> no. Uh, Telerian scholar. That's also not the pick. Yeah. Short sword. Yeah. Not the pick. Pets assistant. No. Tragic poet. No. Okay. Then we get some like some decent cards. So we got Avon Sentry. Yeah. That's fine. Format three two flyer. Like not embarrassing. Yeah. Um. Then we have Mammoth Spider. Yeah. It's decent. Which I think is the best green removal spell. Ah, uh, I think there's a strong argument for it. Definitely. It's just better than Animus. Like, I mean, it's a good card. The yeah. thing, like. I, I have pack one pick with Mana Spider and it hasn't been bad. Yeah. Then we have Thalid Omnivore. That's a good card. Yeah. It's really good in the Suffering Sack. It's just good generally. Yeah. It just ends up being like a 5 5 very often that you can just smash through with people. Yeah, I like it. And then we get to like the nutty cards. So, Suffering Migration. Yeah. This card's just great. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, like two mana make, two one ones, six mana make, four one ones. Uh, really good in the Suffering deck, just really good in the green, uh, the green white go, go wide deck. Yeah. I really like this card. And like, I would first pick it any day of the week if it weren't for the rest of these cards, such as Sheevan Fire. Oh, Sheevan Fire is a very good card. Yeah, it's just it, like it's just a very good removal spell. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I would first pick it a lot. Yeah, I had two of them in that sealed deck, that Jeskai sealed deck that I played last night. Ooh, sweet! Yeah, it's yeah. just really, really good. It's class. So this this is the thing with the pack. It's like so. Okay, so my pick is Suffering Migration. I'd be surprised if anything better comes. Oh, my pick is Sheevan Fire. I'd be surprised <laughs> if anything better comes. <laughs> and then we have. Valid Soothsayer. Okay. Which I've been really impressed with. Like, 4 mana 2 3, play 2, sacrifice creature, draw a card. Yeah, I like the card a lot. Uh, I I think I would probably pick the Sheevan Fire over it. Yeah, I agree. Um, but it's still really good. Yeah. Uh, next in common is Song of Frailies. 
Ah, oh, that's a card, isn't it? Yeah, this card I think is just so good. Yeah, it's just nuts. Like uh, any deck this goes in, like as long as like you know you're building sort of around it, like you're playing some saplings or like some small creatures, it's just completely nuts. Yeah, um, totally. I mean, even even if you just like using like the first mode on it, like mm-hmm. to ramp something big out, and like the turn after you play it, like it's absolutely fine. This card's just really good. Like I. I I think a lot of people slept on it coming yeah. into the format. It looks fairly innocuous, but then you play with it like once, and it's just it's just such a house. We like with cards like you have my sapper and stuff like that. Yeah, um, and sapper migration. It just it's just an absolute house. Yeah, I would agree definitely. Mhm. So I think that's our pick so far, right? Probably. I think I'd pick it over the Shivan Fire. I think I I I feel drawn to the Shivan Fire still, um, sure. but I think that's just the Red Mage in me. Sure. Okay. Fair enough. But I yeah, I would absolutely definitely think there is a very strong argument for first picking that Song of Freilies at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's like I mean the, the like there were a lot of very like there were four or five cards in this pack where like if you pack on pick them, I think they'd be defensible. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to the last uncommon. Yeah. Which is just Icy Manipulator. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a pick. That's the thing, so you like, go through this pack, you're like, oh, is it this? And is it? Oh, no, it's just Icy. Yeah. Um, because that's just, I mean, I, I can't really think, like, unless it's like a silly mythic bomb, I can't think of a reason why I wouldn't pick Icy. Yeah. I can pick one. No, same, exactly. And then we have our rare in the pack. Yes, what's the rare? Just uh, Tashar Ancestors Apostle, which is also a defensible first pick. Yeah, I think so. Um, like, the Icy's well, just better, I think. Yeah, like, it's it's not better than Icy, and I'm not sure it's better than Song, but, like, I'd be happy opening a Tashar like, in most drafts. Yeah, same. I, I just think, I just I just thought this pack was worth talking about, because it's, it's, there's so many good cards in this pack, and yeah. you're going to have to pass something good. Yeah, it sounds like it would be a really good draft pod. Absolutely, um, and I just thought it was a shame that I didn't save it as an actual cracker back, and yeah. I just <laughs> opened it because I got too excited. Uh, anyway, this format's great. Yeah, I love it. Dominaria forever. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, M19's coming. Yeah. And we've got some sweet cards. We do, yeah. So should we move on to our card of the week this week? Yeah. Speaking of, of M19. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jam my card of the week in first, right? Because <laughs> it won't lead to a sweet segue. <laughs> sure, sure, let's go for it. So, so, what's your card of the week in this week, Sam? It is uh, Ancient Stirrings. Cool. I love that card. So, yeah. why is it your card of the week? Well, it's my card of the week because I think it's the best country for modern currently. I agree. So, it's a single green for a sorcery. Yeah. Look at the top five cards of your library. Uh, mirror of the like, colorless card from among them and put it in your hand. Yeah. And put the rest on the bottom of the library in uh, any order. Uh, so, it's one mana draw a card. Um, yeah, essentially. In green, and it, you get to pick from five cards. Yeah. And in the next season playing. Quite a lot of quite a lot of targets. Yeah, absolutely. Often where it is pretty much the only non-colorless card in the deck. <laughs> so if we look at the, the results from Grand Prix Las Vegas, yep. the modern main event, because it's easy to get sidetracked about Vegas with all the ridiculous side events that were going on. Yeah. So it was won uh, by Matt Nass with uh, Clan Ironworks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that deck just. I mean, I I was about to say like because when I saw that Matt Nass won with it, I was like, of course he did because it's Matt Nass. Yeah. But then the rest of the top thirty-two, we we have one, two, three, four, four more copies of KCI in the top thirty-two. Yeah. Grumpy Vegas. Like that's it's it's a deck. And then we have Monogreen Tron. Yes. Which came second. Yeah. And eighth and eleventh and thirteenth and fourteenth and fifteenth. And also Oh, we have a red green Tron which was also playing Ancient Stirrings in thirty yep. first. Um so card's really good. Yeah. I think it's, it's great. The best cantrip modern currently. Yeah, I would hundred percent agree. And like as magic players do, there's always talks of bans when a card overperforms in a tournament. Yeah. And I think that's wrong. Yeah, I would agree. I feel like Ancient Stirrings 
frequently comes up as a topic um, when bands are discussed in modern. Like, I feel like that's a card that it always gets brought up. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't think it's a problem. No, not at all. I think it's just like, I mean, it's strange that the best country of modern is green. I think it, ha- it has to be, though, because if it was in blue, then it just makes the Storm decks too good. It would be busted. Yeah, because I mean, the best blue country we have is, I mean, it's not even Serum Visions anymore. It might be Opt. Yeah, probably That's opt. a conversation for another day. Yeah. But if, it, if the best country of modern was blue, it would be Ponder or Preordain. Yeah. Right? If they weren't banned. Yeah. So I think this is a perfectly, like, reasonable power level for the best country to be. Yeah, I would and agree. you really have to warp your deck to play it. Yeah, totally. Like, you can't just jam Ancient Stirrings into a green deck. Yeah. Like, it has to be KCI or uh, Tron, where, like, all your cards are colourless. Yeah. So finding them, or, like, something like Amulet Titan, where most of your cards are colourless. Or Lantern Control. Lantern Control, yeah, exactly, where, yeah. like, pretty much all your cards are colourless. Um, you have to play in a specific deck, and, like, those decks aren't oppressive. Like, KCI, if you want to beat KCI and you want to beat Tron, it's not hard. Yeah. And, like, it's not <laughs> it's not Agent Stones that's making those decks silly. Yeah, totally. Like, really good tool for them. Yeah. But it mean it's the like the infinite combos and the fact that you cast a card on turn turn three that like <laughs> make make those decks good. Yeah, absolutely. And ancient stones helps those decks, but it doesn't make them busted. Yeah, I, w- I would agree fully there. Like you know, like if you look at like Tron specifically, like you've got a, a whole bunch of cards really. Like you've got, uh, I would say really, there's like like nineteen cards that help you find your lands. Uh huh. So you've got your four ancient stirrings, four silver scrying, uh you've got your four Yeah, sorry, without without ancient stirrings, you've got nineteen other cards that help you find your lands. Like it's yep. it's, it's what you're doing, it's all you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You want to find your lands as fast as possible and play your card on turn three. Yeah, it is. I mean it was the second most played card in the top thirty two. Yeah. Uh just behind Noble Hierarch. Yeah. And with eighty four copies. And also with eighty four copies, which also features both of those decks with chromatic start. Yeah. I mean it's not a problem. <laughs> it's absolutely not a problem. And then the like, the next after that, the next uh seven most played cards up all in the humans deck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Noble Hierarch, then Ancient Stone's Chromatic Star, then Reflector Mage Champion of the Parish, Code Self Reboot, and Mantis Rider Meddling Mage, Thalys Lieutenant and Aetherbar. Yeah. So like I mean well, I want to ban something from humans before I ban something from these decks. Yeah, I would agree. Like I it's it it comes up when it especially whenever there's a Tron deck in like the top eight of a modern tournament ever, like for some reason people seem to think that the deck is just like oppressive or something and that the deck needs to be banned. And it yeah. just really isn't the case. Um people hate Tron. I mean this yeah. is this has always been true of modern players, people hate Tron. Yeah. Uh, I hate Tron. Um okay. but I, I also think it's perfectly fine in the format and don't think it should be banned. I just don't like playing against it and but I will and I'm, I'm gonna like I mean I like to play Monic Ghost Quarter decks. So yeah, like, <laughs> I'm fine with Tron. But. I I love Tron, I absolutely love Tron, but mm-hmm. it's it's very easy to like play against it. Like to, to tune your sideboard against it is like fairly easy. Absolutely. Like you can this, this is the thing is that whenever a deck becomes dominant it's like um whenever Affinity becomes the most dominant deck. Yeah. Which happens it's 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 very recently it's now dropped off because of like the emergence of the Jeskai decks. Yeah. Which is why we have all these Tron decks, because Tron is traditionally good against Jeskai, which has been seen play recently. Um, but when Affinity becomes good, everyone's like, oh, you should ban Mox Opal, you should ban Mox Opal. Yeah. It's like, no. I mean, I think there are considerations to banning Mox Opal because it's fast mana in a format where fast mana isn't meant to be allowed. Yeah. And I think it's a similar argument for Simeon Spirit Guide. Not because of power level, but just because of, like, I think it fundamentally breaks rules of modern. Um, I, I don't know. But, I, I I think if you if you had to have the discussion about those cards, then I think you would need to include Aether Vial in those as well. I think Aether Vial uh, is a very similar yeah, thing. Yeah, I think that's it's certainly like, a conversation to have. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Aether Vial should be banned in modern, so... No, not at all. Yeah. I think it's, like, it's currently one of the marquee cards of the format. Yeah. It's a very important part of the format. 
Um, but yeah, like every every time um, Affinity does well, people ask for like like call for mock circle to be banned. And yeah. it's like well, no, you can just beat that like, if you want to. Just jam some stone silences and Kentuckys, and you'll never lose to Affinity. Yeah. Um, I mean that's not true because they have eighth grid and stuff. But like these decks are very beatable if you want to beat them. Um, yeah. And the same is true for Ironworks. The same is true for Tron. The that's... same is true for like humans. If you yeah. really want to beat humans, you can. Yeah, the same uh, is true for any single deck in the format. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, when London Control won the Pro Tour and everybody was kicking off and saying that, like, Ensnare and Bridge should be banned and, like, the deck should mm. be banned because it goes to time, even though, like, it doesn't. Like, it was a Jeskai deck, so we're going to time. Yeah, it's, if you have a competent opponent, it doesn't go to time. Yeah. Um, and if you have if you have a competent opponent, it doesn't go to time. Yeah. Because no one they're dead. Yeah. But yeah, like, I, magic players are always going to call for bans. They'll call for bans on literally anything, any of the, I think I think it's part of the culture we've created recently with, with magic. Yeah. Uh, with so many bans and so many, like, I mean, standard bans specifically, like, things just, whenever anything becomes a problem, uh, it seems the solution is just to ban it. Yeah, I, I agree there. Um, and that's, that's it's a problem um, and I think it's what magic players just sort of think these days like oh that's a problem we should ban it yeah Rather definitely it's like waiting a couple of weeks dealing with like the sort of bad format and then it'll get solved like yeah. you know I mean at Goblin Chainwell it isn't going to be banned because it doesn't break the format it's, there will be a way to beat it and we just need to wait I don't know I feel like Chainwell uh, I know we did have this conversation on, that on this podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago but Mm-hmm. I feel like Chain Willer probably is isn't in a it isn't a position where I feel like it should it should be definitely in strong contention for a ban because sure. I think more so because of the fact that it is I mean arguably format warping like to the point where like the top players like don't even want to like try to build a deck to beat it because like why not what? just play it like yeah yeah I think that was that was my main that was my main point when we talked about it it's like. The, it was a known quantity for six weeks yeah and no one could beat it and no one could really bother to beat it yeah like, well let's just jam it then screw it let's just play chain wall and mirrors like um, I, I agree with that but I think, I, I think at least you have like at least we have an argument for it yeah whereas it feels like a lot of magic players like the starts flying off and it's like well I can't play my elf deck because um, because chain wall like well okay <laughs> Like that isn't a good reason. The, the, the fact that like I, I think that's I again I think that is that falls under the, the format warping aspect slightly I think as well because sure. like, you can't play Lanoir elves like you can't play like vampire tokens because uh-huh. it, it just it just destroys those those options. That's really true. Like the I, I, I the anointing procession deck that was being like yeah for Dominaria I think was pretty sweet yeah. You just can't play that anymore because you just <laughs> just lose the chamber. Yeah, there was a, a really good article there posted upon Channel Fireball uh, a couple of days ago, which was just called Ban. I think it was called Ban Goblin Chainwiller. Sure, okay. Uh, and it was just just I think it was Riley Knight. Riley Knight wrote it, and it was just listed like reason upon reason upon like you know reasoned arguments about why in the current standard format we have why it probably should be banned. Yeah, I think my problem is I just don't like setting that precedent. That precedent, like for how to deal with problems in a format. Yeah, no, I I agree. I I I dislike bans, but I do understand that they are necessary sometimes. I like I still re- you know remember when for years the whole time I've been playing Magic like from like Theros up to the, the first time we had a standard banning like while I was playing the game like not once did I ever actually consider that something could be banned in standard. You know, I heard like read things about like oh like Core Blade and like oh Jason Mind Sculptor was so powerful it had to be banned in standard, but. Yep. Like not once did I ever think that would ever happen again, and then now I, f- I feel like we find ourselves in a position where they they've made a couple of mistakes, they've rectified the mm-hmm. mistakes, yep. but because they've had to rectify those mistakes, people are so fast to call for bans now. Yeah, and I think it just often happens when whenever a deck becomes dominant. Yeah, 
um, like like this modern top eight. Like, oh, there's so much trance. Like well, not necessarily the top eight, but like the um, the top thirty-two, like the decks that were well represented. Well, like, oh, there's ancient stones in all these decks. Well, okay, that, like that's that's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's a very beautiful oh, card. There was a Grixis Shadow deck. Yeah. In, in the um, in the semi-finals, and that's ridiculous because that deck sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that deck is really not where I want to be right now. Yeah. Um, but like. You can play whatever you want, and just this uh, the Tron. I, th- I think people playing Tron was just a response to the fact that Jesso has become one of the better decks in the format now. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's just cyclical because of all the aggro decks that were good before, and yeah, it's good because of what you, you, you know. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's. I feel like you, like cards shouldn't even be discussed as far as like randoms go. Really, like you can, you could just say you could just name like a card from like any like tier one modern deck, and mm-hmm. you could like you could easily be calling for a ban of those. Like it could just go like uh, like a hollow one needs to be banned because like one time I played against someone and they had three hollow ones on turn one. Yep, like great. And yeah, sure. Just, hollow one like came tenth at this tournament. Yeah, in the hands of Siki. Yeah. <laughs> Who's just an absurdly good magic player? Yeah. But, I mean, you know, cards can't get banned out of decks if they're not um, if they're not the namesake of the of the deck. Yeah. It's just how it works. Spencer twin. That's <laughs> twin. But I think uh, I got banned out of birthing Free part. free twin. <laughs> Bring back twin. Yeah, I, that's I, definitely just for of day, but I definitely agree. Yeah, that's. I think we should do a whole episode on that. To be honest. Absolutely. Like, I mean, spin twin is is absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, and at Summer Bloom got banned out of Summer Bloom. You can't you can't ban cards out of decks if they're not what the deck is named after. None of these decks are called Ancient Stones, so why would you ban them? Yeah, true. And Humans isn't called Aethervar. Yeah. So. But Hollow One's called Hollow One. Hey, and Affinity doesn't actually play any Affinity cards. Hey, sometimes it plays uh, two copies of Thoughtcast or something for some reason. Yeah, sure. Because you're playing bad cards. <laughs> um, anyway, that that is my card of the week, and I think that's quite a contentious topic that I've, uh, <laughs> that I've gotten onto there. Yeah, totally. It was, it was a good discussion, though. Absolutely, which is what, what we live for. Yeah, uh, so speaking of uh, contentious topics, oh, should we move on to my go. card of the week? Yeah, let's go. So, my card of the week this week is Nexus of Fate. Oh, dear. So, it is a, a new card, sort of, <laughs> from M19. So sort of. I say <laughs> sort of because it, it is the, it's the new Biobox promo, so similar to the... Uh, Sunspeaker and Flame Singer, or whatever the Dominaria one was called. Um, what the Bible from it? Yeah, uh, Fire Song and Sunspeaker. Yeah, fire. yeah, exactly. That's that's how much of an impact that card ended up making in the format. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> think I can't even remember the name of the card. Mm-hmm. So yeah, much like that, like that card is available only as a buy a box promo. So yes. you have to go buy a box of. In this case, it'll be uh, Core 2019 to receive mm-hmm. one copy of Nexus of Fate. And it's yeah. a uh, 5 and 2 blue for an instant. It says, take an extra turn after this one. If Nexus of Fate will be put into a graveyard from anywhere, reveal Nexus of Fate and shuffle it into its owner's library instead. Uh, this card is good. I agree. Uh, I, I think this card is playable. I also think this card is playable. Mm-hmm. So obviously we have like the, the blue-white like Teferi do-nothing decks at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think like at the worst, this wants one of those. Yeah. So, like, I think they obviously when they announced the new sort of biobox promo scheme, there was a lot of you know player backlash and well didn't like didn't like the fact that you know the cards were going to be so exclusive and you know that was going to be like a whole new barrier to getting those cards. But yeah, I, I think, mean, I think we, we both agreed last time that you know that card was fine, like absolutely fine. There's mm-hmm. not going to be big demand for the, for this card, and 
yeah. you know, like time was shown to be like that to be true. And that's why we were sort of fine with it. Yeah, totally. But when you make a really good card, well, not a really good card, but when you make a good card, like a playable card, yeah, iBox promo, it yeah. becomes a problem. Yeah, and I, I personally think this this lies just on the line of like of where the buy box promo should be. Like they should not make it any more powerful than this card. Like if this card had cost like four two blue, then that would have yeah. been too powerful. I think this card is already too powerful to be the buy box promo. Yeah. Um. I think. I think this is going to be. There's going to be a deck that wants this card. It might not be tier one. It might might not break the format. But there's going there's going to be a deck that wants to play four of this card. Yeah. Um. And I think that causes a problem because then it because then it becomes, uh, you know, I can see this being a twenty dollar card for its time in standard. Uh, um, yeah, quite probably. Uh, and that's a problem for for like, and that I think it would be a twenty dollar card if it was just in the set. Yeah. Um. If this was a mythic in the set, I think it would be a twenty dollar card. Okay. Um. And I think because it's the buy box promo that you can only get because it's uh, by buying a box. That will drive the price up more because yeah. people want them. Um, and while the while the secondary market settles, the main way to do this is to buy four boxes. Yeah, totally. So if the so say if we say a twenty dollar card, if we say it sells for about twelve or thirteen pounds. Yeah. How much would you buy a box for from an LGS that would do a buy a box promotion? Um, yeah, like retail, like you're probably looking around eighty pounds, eighty five pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you buy a box, you get this thirteen pound card, yeah, and then you sell the box, yeah, for eighty pounds, yeah, and you've made money, yeah, just because of this promo, yeah, and that's not a good incentive. Yeah, that was something I hadn't even considered to be honest. You could like if you. I mean, it's not the best way to make money in Magic, oh. um, but it's something you can do if you if you're planning on buying for like you planning on buying a crate of M19, yeah, um, and you can do it somewhere that has the buy box promotion, like an LGS, yeah. Buy four boxes, get a playset of this card, sell them for you know sixty quid for a set, yeah, whatever it ends up being, and then have some boxes, or you can own a playset of this card and then sell the boxes for the same amount of money. So you've basically spent no money on this playset of card. Like it sets a difficult precedent for the secondary market yeah totally and not even for the secondary market just for, for the primary point where you're going to buy this yeah it's difficult when it was fire song and sunspeaker there was a set amount of people that wanted that card and yeah. it was um and for some reason that card is still worth some money because buy was promo yeah and i think that adds fuel to the fire for like the reason that specifically nexus of fate as a powerful card is a problem because science like fire song and sunspeaker is still worth money despite the fact that it's Crap. I mean, barely. So, like, I mean, it's it's fine. Like, it's it's. I've seen commander decks with it. I've seen brawl decks with it. It's fine. Yeah. It's cool. But you can get them from the are about three euros each for magic card market. Okay, sure. There, there was a time when they were actually expensive. Um, yeah. But like, that's more than that card would be if it was just a rare in the in a box, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like that's a, that's a bulk rare because that card doesn't do anything. Like yeah. people will command the decks around it, and that's fine. Uh, I also think part of the problem is that this card is only available in foil. And that's always a problem. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have to proxy four cards in my standard deck. That's nuts. I don't want to get disqualified for playing a standard deck because I can only get this card in foil. Yeah. That's a lesser argument, but it's still a problem with these bar box promos. And I think that's okay if it's just a commander card like Fire Song and Sun Speaker. Yeah. Uh, but when it's like a card that definitely has constructed uh, potential, it's a real problem. Yeah, quite possibly. Like, I, I don't think it's ever going to be in a position where it's a four of in a deck but mm-hmm. i think at the very least like you know your, your tier one like gp top eighting like teferi blue white control decks are going to want one at the very least yeah and like think of like how many magic players enter a standard gp and then what percentage yeah. of those are playing you know blue white teferi yep 
and then you have to have like you know, if if those decks are, are all running at least or at least trying to run at least one of those yeah then i just don't know if the if there are going to be enough printed to meet the demand yeah exactly there are enough there are enough of the i'm going to stop saying the name in full yeah. <laughs> there are enough of the first buy box promo from dominaria because the the demand wasn't high yeah the demand will be high for this card yeah i agree because it's not as specific it's not as niche yeah, totally, even, and and that's even that, it's not playable. Yeah, it's is more is more desirable as a magic card. Yeah, like that, that's just like we're just taking it standard in consideration there as well. Like I, yeah, you know, I would say like it's a it's a one of in the the mono blue taking turns deck in modern. Uh, like surely every blue commander deck wants this. I yeah, I would have thought so. Yeah, this 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 is never going to be a bulk rare. No, absolutely not. Never. If you open this out of a box, it would never be a bulk a bulk rare. Yeah, this card is always going to hold value and. You know, previous bar box promos have held value, but their value wasn't entirely dictated by the fact that it was the only printing. Yeah. The value of a buy box promo Birds of Paradise is dictated by the fact that it looked really nice. Yeah. It's got really nice art and it's a nice foil, but you can pick up a Birds of Paradise for three euro. Like. Yeah. So, I think it's a problem. I think this buy box prom- program, the buy box promo program, is a difficult thing to say. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, but I think they've made a misstep. I think they've pushed it a little bit too far with this card. I still feel like this, like this is the line. Like any, any more than this, then they've they've gone too far. Like one hundred percent. But I feel like its playability in standard is what's really going to determine the how, how far this this card is. Um, mm-hmm. I suppose you've got to push it to the you've got to push it to the line to find the line, right? Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think I think this is it. I think this this is the line. Like it's not an auto include. It's not an auto include in every blue deck. It's not a four of in every blue deck. But there are some blue decks that want a non-zero amount of it. Uh huh. So um... I think like time will tell with this one definitely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, all the... again, it could be a case of like, would they ban this card because the supply isn't there? Is that something that they would do? Because people can't get their hands on it. Yeah, it ends up being a really expensive card. Um, I they don't consider a secondary market, right? Uh, they don't consider the secondary market as far as the financial value of cards goes, but they can consider it in the terms of desirability. Sure. I, mm, I mean, that's certainly a consideration. I mean, you know, we've just talked about how people love banning cards. Yeah. So. Let's just ban this one immediately. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like this this might be one scenario where it may be acceptable though. So I don't know. It's yeah. This is I I want to see how this goes. Yeah, it could go horribly. I'm going to be watching it very very closely because uh, <clears throat> this I think this is the line. Like absolutely, this is the line. I don't think they'll make anything more powerful than this ever. And yeah. I certainly I certainly don't think the next one. <clears throat> If they do continue the promotion, I don't think the next one will be you know anywhere near as powerful as this. I agree. I mean, if I can pick up, if some if people sleep on this and I can pick these up for like ten bucks a piece, yeah, I'm gonna get a playset. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's no, there's no way this card hits lower than that. Yeah, it's a good card of the week. Yeah, I like it a lot. Card of the week. Yeah. Normally, I just pick a card that I like because it's fun. <laughs> but I think these have actually led to some uh, some constructive debates and conversations. Yeah, I would agree. And we are all for destruct- de- constructive debates and conversations here on our I, station. I'm all for destructive debates. Yeah. That's what I'm all about. <laughs> I mean, if you find me on any of the MTG UK pages. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That's what I'm about. So do we do we want to move on to our main topic of sorts? I guess so. Yeah, so a, a, a brief note I want to consider before we move on here. Obviously, we've got... Uh, there are 280 cards in M19. Uh, but then you look at the collector's number of Nexus of Fate, and it's it's number 306 of 280. <laughs> 
Which, no, I'm not very good at maths. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> That's not right. No, I mean, because obviously you've got the unique cards that are only available in the uh, the oh. welcome decks, the Core 19 welcome decks. Yep. And then you've got the unique cards that are only available in the Planeswalker decks. Mm-hmm. But this time we've got like five Planeswalker decks. Yeah, so everything's just been shoved at the end. Yeah, so even this, oh, this next is a fate. See, I think, I think I'm fairly certain it's the last one. <laughs> like technically the last card in the set but it's yeah 306 out of 280 so it's 26 That's cards later in the set than it, it should have been really <laughs> oh, they really sort that out at some point yeah with Nexus of Fate put to one side for, for now at least yes move on to our main topic this week where we're just going to talk about some some cool cards from Core 19 that have been uh, spoiled so far. Yeah, I mean, I think we need to address the the two elephants in the room. Yeah, I would agree. We got spoiled uh, as of time of recording a couple of hours ago. Yeah, we've got we've got some we've got some sweet reprints that I'm very very excited about. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things which they had said um, when they were announced their ring corsets back was that. Uh, core sets, so from Core 2019 onwards, they're going to be 50% brand new cards, which is awesome, but then 50% reprints, which I think is an absolutely fantastic way to do it. There awesome. are lots of cards throughout the game's history that need a reprint, um, and yeah. reprinting them in, in standard would be a, a really good way to get those cards back into circulation for a lot of them. And oh boy, did we get some good ones. Yeah, so the, the two in particular that we've got so far are Scape Shift, mm-hmm. which I, I thought was quite surprising, just sort of felt like it almost just came out of nowhere. It doesn't do anything in the format. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of those cards that does that needs a reprint sort of quite badly. It was getting very expensive, and you know it, it hadn't showed up in the, modern, in the past couple of Modern Masters sets, so yeah. I, I didn't think it would turn up anytime soon. I thought, like, maybe in a Commander set at some point. Yeah, like, just, just to get it out there. Yeah, totally. Uh, then yeah. The, the other one we've got was Crucible of Worlds. Oh, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that one in a while. No, absolutely. So that's a, a card which I'm not sure if, if I'd mentioned it on here, on, on this podcast, uh, but I, I had made a prediction myself, like, Crucible of the Worlds would be perfect to be in the in the core set. Like that would be, it would just be the perfect opportunity to do it. Like we've got still have deserts in in the format. Like you can have like the interaction with deserts. Like you could have like interaction with field of ruins. Like sure, I mean I've excavator already does these things, but Crucible of the Worlds gives all the decks sort of access to that. But it's not gonna gonna break anything in the format. It's not even gonna be particularly good in the format. But it is a, a card that desperately needed a reprint. I mean, yeah, it, like it does make sense, and it's not particularly good in like in a standard format. Yeah, totally. Just cool, cool things. It's not gonna like it's a. I mean, what was it kind of like a fifty dollar card? Yeah, more, about that. Yeah, more than that. Um, it's a very expensive card that needed a reprint, but it doesn't break standard, and it's sweet because we always think about printing expensive modern cards in modern masters, or you know, printing Jace the Mind Sculptor in in. in um, Eternal Masters or M25 or anything like yeah. that. But being able to reprint expensive cards in a core set and put them in standard, it doesn't... I mean, it's gonna, they're going to see some play. Yeah, absolutely. Crucible of Worlds with Filderun is going to be pretty dope, but, yeah. I mean, this is a sweet way to do it. Yeah, I, I would agree, definitely. And, like, hopefully we'll see a few more cards like that that uh, <laughs> will be reprinted in the set. Like, I think Crucible's perfect start... Like mm-hmm. scape shift the perfect start, and ideally, I'd like to see one in one in sort of each color uh, being sort of reprinted at that mythic level. Yeah, do you have any any hot takes on what what you would put in? <sighs> if it was up to me, Snapcaster Mage. Absolutely, Snapcaster Mage would be the one. I feel like this would be the the perfect setting to put it in because mm-hmm. it's not particularly great. It wouldn't be particularly great in this format at the moment. Like 
Yeah, Torrential Greyhawk's fine. Yeah, that's, that's it. Like, Torrential Greyhawk's looks fine. Like, you, the best, you're going to be casting it for, like, turn six, then you can cast, like, a Disallow with it, which mm-hmm. is the same as casting a Torrential Greyhawk. Yep. Uh, plus, it's also a wizard, so it fits into the wizard synergies. Absolutely. So that would be pretty cool. But it's, it's that. Like, I, I don't think it would be too powerful for the format but it certainly needs another reprint. Absolutely. So that would be one I would like to see in the set. Whether or not it will actually be reprinted in the set, I'm really unsure. I'd be surprised, but yeah. it would be sweet. That's what I feel, I feel as well. I do feel like it would be a surprise, but it would be a very nice surprise at that. Yeah, and I do, like you said, I don't think it would break the format at all. No, totally. We could have Noble Hierarch, because Lanarel is clearly fine. Yeah, I mean... Because, yeah. you know, Chainwell just kills it anyway, so who cares? Exactly, yeah, Noble Hierarch would just die to Chainwell, though. Yeah, it's just terrible. Just, re- just reprint the crap out of it, because it's a great card. Yeah. Um, we could have Thoughtseize. Just print all the good cards. Yeah. Just print Modern and Standard again. Yeah, I mean, even, like, some of the other reprints that we've got so far are pretty good. Like, mm. you know, Reclamation Sage is a great card, so quite excited for that to be coming back. Yeah, I'm very excited about that, for that to be back in the format. And even, like, stuff like, like Mentor of the Meek, like... Yeah, that's... I mean, it's... Again, going to be bad to Chainwhirler. Yeah, but, <laughs> um, that's it. Yeah. Like, as, as going back to the Chainwhirler thing, like as long as Chainwhirler's in the format, then you know, a mentor of the meek tokens deck might not necessarily be a thing, but mm-hmm. it would be a cool sort of strategy to have back in standard. Absolutely, like that card's great. Um, I think it's really really cool. It's perfect for a core set. Um, I think just like so, just so far, it's, just, it's shaping up really well. Like if we just go through some of the, the sort of minor reprints, yeah, that, like. It's just it's nice to be back in a core set. Yeah, it's nice to see these cards like um, so. You know, you've got stuff like divination, and, yeah. um cancel, and act of treason. Yeah, you can just lightning just, strike, murder. Yeah, and like anticipate, which is now like sort of an evergreen sort of card. Yeah, I'm very excited about anticipate. It's a card I yeah, like a definitely. lot. Standard um, brainstorm. <laughs> standard stuff. Um, stuff like Ajani's Pride Mate. Yeah. Got a snipe. It's just really cool cards that you can't really print anywhere else. That just they feel iconic, despite the fact they're not that. Some of them aren't that old. Yeah, totally. They just feel like mainstays of a format, and they're always fun to draft. Uh, and stuff like Luminous Bonds, I think, is really really cool because it's yeah. a sort of the new pacifism. Yeah, totally. And also we've got your boy Colossal Dreadmore. Yeah, Colossal Dreadmore's back. <laughs> the perfect green common. The third standard set this that set this year. They should they should have put it in Dominaria, right? Yeah, they probably should have. They, have they done this for the meme? I don't. I really don't know. Like, I assume it's like in the welcome deck as well, maybe. So, uh, so it would have to be in the. I mean, it probably would have to be in the set, but sure. I don't know. I think I think it's because, I mean, it's it's a core set, and it's just going to be like it's it it has like a splattering of cards from various different settings, mm-hmm. and just like a six mana six six with trample is fine for a core set draft format. Sure. I mean, just it's just just these core set cards that we haven't seen. In- you know, in a standard set for a while, they're just really cool. Yeah. Titanic Grove, totally lost. Yeah. Snapping Creek, just, they're just, just, they're not good. I'm not going to draft them, but they're, they're really nice to have. I yeah, think. totally. Um, I just love core sets. I'm really glad they're back. Yeah, same. I'm very excited that this one's back. I mean, a lot of the, I mean, we will talk about the, the new cards, some more, more of the new cards in a future episode, but oh, yeah. there are a lot of ex- exciting new cards, I think, but... If you just look at like the the reprints alone I think are really shaping up the, you know, what the limited format is going to look like and yeah I think it, it looks like it's going to be pretty good like in the past core sets have never really had like an exciting draft environment would you say they're usually uh, like solid at best but never yeah. never really exciting yeah but I, I think like this this kind of looks almost refreshing yeah definitely 
like it hasn't got that sort of power level. Like, it doesn't look like it has that power level that like like Dominaria has, where you get synergies and you can just do so many cool things. Like it looks like a like a very sort of powered down like vanilla version of that, but mm-hmm. it feels to me it just feels very refreshing as opposed to just yeah. having like here's this card with this mechanic and here's this card that we've forced to work with this mechanic and here's this card which is a mechanic with this card and which I I do feel like happens a, a lot with you know your, your just general standard sets really yeah it's great I'm I'm so I'm so excited to see how this turns out yeah and if nothing else Crucible of Worlds escape shift <laughs> yeah exactly like at the very worst like the value is going to be there like if you look at look at Star City Games for example like Crucible of the Worlds uh, 10th edition is $80 5th Dawn is $80 uh, and the, the course at 2019 they've got up there now that's pre-ordering at $50 sweet like great like you open a Crucible that's like what like almost half your box paid for exactly and like obviously the prices will move yeah um, but this card's always going to be in demand. Yeah, totally. Um, and I've seen, like, you know, um, you know, it's obviously been posted on discussion groups, and I've seen people specifically about these two cards, just these two cards, and, oh, thank God, now I can finally pick one up at a reasonable price for my ex-commander deck, or yeah. I'll build uh, X deck in modern, so now I, now I can have a, a escape shift in a Christmas world. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really sweet. It's just, I think these two cards are just a slam dunk, and I'm excited for any other reprints that we get. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm going to be watching those Mythic slots very closely. Yeah, uh, uh, I guarantee that as soon as we stop recording, there's something ridiculous we would have wanted to talk about. Will be uh, spoiled. <laughs> yeah, quite probably. Like I'm keeping an eye on like the number crunch spreadsheet as well, and there yeah. are some some things that haven't quite been sort of crunched out yet that could be pretty cool. But yeah, yeah, I, I just think it's looking great so far. It looks really really cool, and I'm excited to talk about. Uh, I'm really excited to get the full spoiler. And we can like go go deep on the set. Yeah, same. We should be doing that some point in the next fortnight I think yeah do we know when the do you know exactly when the full spoilers meant to come out because I mean we've had a lot in the last just week yeah we have yeah I mean the I think the pre-release is the weekend of the uh, 6th 7th and 8th so two weeks on Friday so I think it might be like it'll be a week on Friday so it should be like the 29th when we have the full set spoiled Mm -hmm. so give it a week on Friday and we'll uh, we should know everything that's in there I'm really excited yeah cannot wait I love magic yeah me too I'm gonna say that every week <laughs> love magic it's great it is I fully agree is that uh, does that cover everything you wanted to talk about for, for M19 so far yeah I think so yeah I think we went a little deeper on some of our, our picks and some of our card of the week choices so we thought we'd just sort of talk a little bit more in depth this week and try to give that a go mm-hmm. uh, and then sort of briefly cover some exciting things and start to get the hype ball rolling for Core 2019 I just think we, we wanted to we want to try and find the best sort of format and like for our for the podcast we want to find what people want to listen to like what people care about yeah we, we could talk forever about what we like I mean I could do an entire episode on you know green creature decks and modern but yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not exactly what we want to hear so like yeah like I could I could do an hour on like doomsday and vintage like exactly yeah. yeah um and so i think we want to try to definitely just get, get like speaking to we have i've spoken to lots of people who um give us feedback on the podcast it's really really cool to hear yeah um and i just want to know what people want really because i mean that's the point of the podcast right yeah totally and it comes one of the things hear. that i love about magic so much is it's just the diversity like you know like what does magic mean to you like me could mean something completely to what like different to what magic means to me like Mm-hmm. Like yes, I play Magic, but does that mean like what? Like are you playing Standard? Are you playing Modern? Are you drafting? Are you playing like sixty card Casual? Like yeah, exactly. The game is so diverse, and you can play it in any way you want. So it's mm-hmm. it's really cool just to get that feedback, just to hear sort of what people are interested in, like how 
do you like to play magic? Yeah, it's just nice to know people to listen to, listen to the podcast, really. Yeah, totally. <laughs> of all the content you could consume, and of all the magic content you consume, just listen to us two jabronis talk about <laughs> nonsense. It's, uh, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. So, speaking of nonsense and podcasting, I think yes. it's time for a return of What the Deck. Oh, we haven't done that in a while. We haven't done a What the Deck in a while. Have you got uh, a good one? I, I do have quite an interesting one this week, I think. Uh, so, it's one that I've... I've built for standard that I'm going to try out uh, okay. in the coming weeks uh, before Core 19 comes out and I settle on probably just playing Mono Red. <laughs> so this week Go I've got for us um, Mono Blue Storm. Ooh, isn't that standard, right? In standard, yeah. All right, well, talk me through. Talk so me through what's going on. it's a bit of a budget build as well, which is pretty cool. Uh, currently, okay. it's sat at around uh, around ninety dollars in paper, or it's about like thirty-five ticks online. That's pretty affordable. Yeah, totally. So we've got main board, we've got four ornith- Ornithopters, so that's zero mana, zero two. We've got uh, three Glintness Grains, that's one the blue for a one three creature, it's a bird with flying. When it enters the battlefield, you look at the top four cards of your library, you may reveal an artifact from them uh, among them and put it in your hand, put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. I don't think that card stays in the play. No, I like that card a lot. I used to play that card in yeah. Lantern. Uh, really? Oh yeah, yeah, you see, no, the blue-green Lantern control deck, it was uh, it was fairly good okay sure uh, and then get on to spells so it plays three copies of metallic rebuke it's mm. the two in a blue for an instant it has improvise as well it can't target spell unless it's controller plays three sweet and it has three copies of Baral's expertise that's three and two blue turn up to three target artifacts and or creatures to the owner's hands and you may cast a card mm. of command mana cost four or less from your hand without paying its mana cost uh, it's got four copies of reverse engineer which is three and two blue with improvise uh, draw three cards uh, two copies of commit to memory so you put target spell or non permanent at its owner's library so from the top and then memory is kind of like a time twister effect each player shuffles his or her hand and graveyard into his or her library and then draws seven cards that's for six mana and then it plays four copies of paradoxical outcome which is one of my favorite cards from vintage currently so it's three and a blue <laughs> for an instant return any number of target non-land non-token permanents you control to their owner's hand draw a card for each card returned to your hand this way and then it plays 19 artifacts on top of that so we've got three copies of mox amber uh, four copies of renegade map one traveler's amulet four prophetic prism four inspiring statuary and then your win condition which is three copies of a flux reservoir sweet so that's the four mana artifact which is whenever you cast a spell you gain one life for each spell you cast this turn pay 50 life if a flux reservoir deals 50 damage to target creature or player so that's the storm aspect that is the storm aspect yeah so so you want to have one of your flux reservoirs out there and then you want to just be casting like all of your, your zero mana or like one mana artifacts and then you can bounce them back to your hand with like paradoxal outcome you use Baral's expertise and you just want to be replaying them drawing your cards playing more drawing them, get to your 50 life, or you know, at least 51 life, and then you pay 50 life and deal 50 damage to your opponent. Sweet. I love... Like, Sounds just, like a very U-deck. Yeah, I just love the concept of it. Like, like the land base is pretty cool as well. Like, it plays one copy of Inventor's Fair, four Zolfira and Void. I quite like that. And then mm-hmm. just 13 islands. Nice and simple. Sweet. And then the sideboard, 15 cards in the sideboard. We've got one copy of Silent Gravestone, is the uh, one mana artifact cards and graveyards can't be the targets of spells or abilities and you can pay four and tap it exiles on a gravestone and all cards from all graveyards draw a card so obviously yep. that deals with things like scarab god uh, also deals with things like god pharaoh's gift gets rid of that mm-hmm. uh, it plays three copies of Baral chief of compliance obviously that makes all of your spells one cheaper so you can cast so you can play actual mana leak with uh, metallic review yeah you can play yeah mana leak yeah, Paradox Outcome can only cost like three mana instead. Brawl's Expertise only costs four mana. And then you get like play a four mana spell from your hand. Pretty good. Four copies in a gate. Two copies of Sorcerer Spyglass. Three Padim, Console of in- Innovation. Ooh. It obviously gives all of your artifacts hexproof. Mm-hmm. And then two copies of R- uh, River's Rebuke. Sweet, okay. You got something for every scenario. Yeah, pretty much. 
I I like the deck a lot. Like I don't think it's it's like a tiered deck at all. Like I don't think it, it's going to do particularly well, uh, especially. I don't know, like especially against like mono red or like I don't to be honest I don't think it's going to do well against anything in the in the field really but I'm <laughs> just really excited to play with it yeah it's really endorsement for the deck I think this is completely terrible all the time but I'm really excited to play it yeah <laughs> That's that's good enough for me. Yeah, that's more than a good enough reason. Yeah, pretty much. It's like I I have you know most of the deck already. Like I just bought the the last two mox amber that I needed needed to finish the deck today. So got the whole remember deck. People, uh, remember when we were going to ban that card? Mox amber. Yeah, I, I remember when people were upset about that card. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. So I've, I've got all of the deck built already. Uh, so I'm just gonna sleeve it up and take it to. Take it to a couple of standard events and see how it goes. But I'll definitely make sure to report back on that one. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a that's a strong return for what the deck. Yeah, definitely. Just a, a silly, silly Joe deck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I haven't seen any sort of exact sort of results put up with the, with this deck, and it is it's a bit of a, a new take on a the paradoxical uh, reservoir deck that has been it's been around for pretty much as long as those cards have been in standard. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's managed to like sort of break the deck or anything yet. But uh, we'll see how, the, how this mono blue build goes. Yeah, I'm excited to find out. Yeah, so I think it's it's just been like slightly slightly below the radar or like not quite good enough but it might be a, a very fun FNM deck yeah absolutely and yeah my biggest worry is that like it just it just loses to uh, Damping Sphere like really badly <laughs> <laughs> that's very true yeah so yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens there I'll we'll definitely report back on that next week sweet I'm excited to hear the results great so I think it's probably going to about do it for this week um once again thanks for tuning in if you've got anything you want to get in touch with us about hit us up on our social media find us on twitter we are at hrefdcast at mm-hmm. facebook.com slash hrefdcast uh, or just hrefdcast at gmail.com uh, if you want to catch me on my personal social media that is at peach garden oaf on twitter and that's oaf for neff or just joe loudon on facebook uh, just search it i'm probably the only one on there who knows uh yeah post very very frequently in most of the magic groups on facebook so i'm sure you've seen me around yep and uh, you can you can find me on twitter at snail 69 hey there there we go i was worried you weren't gonna do it then. <laughs> um or you can just find me on facebook sam neil or snail s-n-e-a-l um causing some trouble in the mtg uk groups yeah. <laughs> um yeah if you want to just hit us up and like talk about the podcast or just talk about magic like i always want to talk about magic yeah same and i'm sure that uh, joe gets annoyed enough with me about uh just rhyming about you about magic all the time so <laughs> if you uh yeah if you want to hit us up just ask any questions or give us feedback about the podcast every week cool yeah so that should do it for this week uh, once again uh, we're approaching the second hour uh, god pharaoh has returned as we'll see you again next week on hour of devastation <laughs>